All right, welcome back to the We Talk in New York podcast, episode three, and we are finally back after a lot of stuff has happened in the past week. Um, I just came over COVID, of course. Brian had COVID as well. (laughs) How come I get sick and you forced me through the longest show of this series, but when you get sick, we don't film for a week? We, We also were done for a week, so it was nothing, there was no reason for us to film. We didn't film last week. Exactly. Because you, you were sick. Yeah. But the week before, I was sick, and we filmed. Yeah, but you didn't have COVID yet. Yes, I did. I sounded like shit. Go back <laughs> and play the tape. Okay, well, anybody listening, um, sorry for Brian being sick, and also apologize for the, some of the audio. I realized after I posted it, and because I was just like dead tired and didn't realize that the audio it sounded like you were just like cutting me off with your answers at some points and so, was. You, no you weren't the audio <laughs> was just so bad i edited that terribly but so apologies for that and also sorry for this being so long yeah i kind of pushed that and did not record this because i was sick but we're officially back and we're trying to we're gonna try to be a little bit quicker now because you know a lot of stuff has happened and uh, and it's been week since we uh i need to light on oh when oh there it is brian needs his light on yeah. um all right so how have oh. you been bro how's are you getting ready for the wedding oh god dude this is the this is like the most stressful week of my entire life um i've missed you i've missed seeing and talking to you like this i know i see you i oh, missed dude, you too buddy hang on my legs itchy i'm still getting at it and ah, there we go all right. Uh yeah. I missed you. Um I uh I see you frequently enough to not miss you during the week, but I've missed you these past two weeks, so Yeah. Um missed you too, but you know I know you know what I wanted to do Oh Jesus, I'm creating fucking Alright. You know what I wanted to do real quick? Um maybe we could start off with it just because I I didn't end with it last time. Um so uh you cool if I take the uh the floor for un momento here? Yeah, I just want to say one thing first. Yeah, you yep, the fine. way you ended the podcast last week, I think that has yeah. to be the new thing. You know, the oh, stay pretty yeah. New York. So, you got it. That's that's the new thing. That's how you, we're gonna end every single podcast. Where I got a ru- I did, yeah. So for those of you who didn't see it or don't have enough context, um, I tend to drink a ton of water every day. So the last twenty five minutes of the last podcast, Matt was just rambling on and on and. <laughs> Honestly, I was sitting here like, holy shit, Matt. I don't care about St. John's. I really need to pee. <laughs> so um, Matt was like, all right, you got anything else? I was like, nope, bye. Click. And I dipped. <laughs> I was, And then he was like, what What happened? And I was like, yeah, I, yeah, I, I needed to get out. But a lot has changed since then, Matthew. One, headphones. Finally, I don't have the AirPods anymore. <laughs> Secondly... I thought about this. I bought a ring light. Oh, now, you bought a ring light? Did $39.99, same day delivery. It was four hour delivery from Amazon. Wow, that's uh, that's impressive. I actually been Yeah. I've been told yep. I have to get one, so it might be now. Yeah, I I yeah, so you don't you don't drink alcohol. So um for the groomsmen they're all getting some sort of liquor. I will buy you a ring ring light. 
Okay, that's fine. <laughs> okay. Um, I'll get you the same one. We can match. That sounds good to me. It'll be easier yeah. when we actually do a together type of show. Yep. Yeah, that'll be dope. All right. Is that what e you want to take the? Is that what you want to take the floor no. over for? Yeah. No, not quite. So okay, the one thing I wanted to mention because we were talking about uh, the last time we were talking about Christmas, the holidays, how things worked out, player transactions, aho or aho. We were going through the whole spiel, right? So the one thing I did want to bring up rather quickly, and I know we are not one popular enough, two big enough, or three influential enough for me to do these type of takes, but I want to do it anyway. Um, want to raise a little tiny bit of awareness here um, as we go into the new year. So, dork. Anyway, sorry, I got a text. Anyway, so um, wanted to raise a little tiny bit of awareness, just uh, flex a little bit, if you will. So for Christmas, so little bit of a little bit of context here, right? So Casey's uncle Dan is a really, really great artist, super, super talented guy, and um, I guess it was 15, 20 years ago. He drew, and I have one on my wall behind me, and I'll tell you the story about it in a second. So he drew this mural of like Tom Seaver. So it was really cool. He got to meet up with Tom Seaver at some place locally in Massapequa, got all of them signed. So there's 41 original copies of that picture. Super, super dope. I wanted to just bring it up because he's got them for sale. So if anyone is interested, maybe drop a comment in the comment box. Matt is going to be good at keeping track of those. So the only reason why I bring it up, because this is how I, I kind of thought of a question here. All of them come with a certificate of authenticity as well, guys. Keep that in mind. But I was thinking of a question here, right? Okay. So her Uncle Dan, right? Just different generations of, of Met fans here that I kind of know and have gotten to know over the years. So her Uncle Dan, basically Seaver is like his dude. Like that is the best pitcher he has ever seen pitch, right? I have another Uncle Tom who was like, oh, easily Dwight Gooden. And for me, it was like 2013 Matt Harvey. So for you, Matthew, who is the most electric Mets starting pitcher you have watched live in person? Who's your guy? Live in person? Um, I mean, I feel like the obvious answer is DeGrom. But honestly, I really always love Syndergaard. And, you know, mm. he may have not been like the best pitcher at all times but like just his like his whole persona when he would come out and like his entrance and like his theme around him is like Thor and then sometimes like most nights he was lights out and like honestly through that age of like when he was with the Mets you know I know like now it's like not a very good like standing with the Mets fans right now but whatever regardless put all that side like him as a Met was like for me was so cool and watching him pitch. And I always would want to go to like his starting, like his, when he was starting those games. Um, so yeah, obvious answer is probably DeGrom, but like Syndergaard was always like electric to me. Yeah. I, I can agree with that. So I went, I saw Syndergaard pitch a couple of times and the two starts that stand out the most for me was I watched him pitch against Jose Fernandez that was an incredible game. Nobody yeah. scored the entire game. It was like 
the ninth inning and Bobby Parnell or, you know, some schmuck out of the bullpen gave up some bullshit blue hit. But um, the other time was I didn't go to my senior prom. I took all the money that I would have spent on renting a tux and getting a limo and going to dinner. And I bought field level med tickets and it was Syndergaard versus the Reds. Syndergaard Cueto. And the Good first matchup. app out of the – the first at bat of the game, Cueto hung a curveball over the middle of the plate. Granderson hit a home run, and it was the only run scored that game. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, so probably would have done the same thing, honestly. I probably should have. But, um, yeah, no, so definitely Syndergaard. Um, but, you know, obviously, like I said, obviously answers to Grom. Um, but I really don't have too many pitcher memories, in my opinion. Um yeah, so that's my answer, and that story, yeah, really cool story. And like Brian said, uh, reach out to us if you want to, if you're interested in in those uh, Tom Seaver posters. Make sure to follow us on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, pretty much everything. Listen to us on Spotify, Amazon, Apple, everything. Uh, we're also on YouTube, so you could actually watch or you could see what that poster looks like. Brian just showed it before. Um, so yeah, make sure you follow us on all our socials. Um, all right. So a lot has happened in the last week that we've been gone. Uh, why don't we start with off with the Knicks? Cause they had that big trade with, uh, yes. RJ Barrett gone, uh, Emmanuel quickly, quickly gone and a couple draft picks and a couple other players that really don't care, but they received the big one, OJ and And, you know, we don't have to talk like too much about the trade cause it's been like a week now. And we have, you know, because of uh, sickness and stuff, we missed a lot. But um, why don't we talk about what we, what we're liking so far? And honestly, I think so far it's a pretty good trade for the Knicks. You know, at first when I first saw it, me and you were like, "What the hell are they doing?" Um, yeah. Because like R.J. Barrett and Emmanuel quickly were like your future, almost. And now it's like, okay, are the Knicks like in a win now situation? Because Anobi's been like outstanding so far, and really, in my opinion, he's been like pre- playing pretty well. Like, and I think the biggest like difference you see right now with that is the defense game. Like the defense, he looks you know really good and changing the entire aspect of defense on that. So, what do you think of this trade so far? I think that in order for the Knicks to have traded R.J. Barrett, they knew they were going to need to get something of. Um, immense value, whether that was a um, – because uh, we've been talking about it, right? So every time we talk about the Knicks, I always say I think they need like a star point guard of some capacity. I really wanted them to get Lillard a couple of uh, – last offseason, obviously it didn't work out. But um, I think in order to facilitate a deal that included R.J. Barrett, you needed to either get a superstar or you needed to get role players back. I think the Knicks took one player and filled multiple holes – which I think is going to help round out that roster going forward as they try to make that postseason push. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And, you know, it's crazy because Toronto has, like, a lot of, like, star players, like, in their starting five. And now you insert R.J. Barrett and Emmanuel Quickly. If in, they keep Quickly on the bench, like, he's still going to perform well on that team. And R.J. Barrett, you know, he's going to be R.J. Barrett. And, you know... <laughs> 
with the New York curse type of thing, you know, he's probably just going to be a star in Toronto all of a sudden, unless he goes to a different team. And that just kind of happens with New York players in general, like in any sport. Um, but yeah, this trade has been pretty good so far. I was at um, my friend's house that night when um, that trade broke. And I remember looking at the, like talking about it with everybody. And at first I was like, I don't know about this trade. I think it's a dumb trade, but Right now, so far, I'm I'm pretty happy with it because, um, like I said, Anobi's been pretty well, and you know, hopefully, RJ Barrett and Emmanuel quickly do well in Toronto. Wish them best of luck with everything. Um, but yeah, so I think this is a great trade so far. You know, let's keep seeing how it goes. But the biggest difference right now is the defense and the Knicks. I wanted to say, I the last podcast that we um that we recorded. I said the Knicks had a test coming up and they failed miserably. Like they they could not pick out a win and they just they sucked, honestly, and all and like I don't know how else to put it. They sucked during that little test I said and you know, you can go listen to the last podcast and you know, the last schedule that we were updating on. They failed that test horribly. But now they like since the trade they've like came out like on fire and you know, they got a big win against Philadelphia last night. And I thought they played like they dominated that game, honestly. Um, so shout like to the Knicks, like I'm actually kind of I think the trade really like kind of sparked with them. And like Jalen Brunson's still shooting good, Julius Randle's still Julius Randle. Like he's the, that team right now is kind of like figured it out a little bit. So let's see how the rest of the season goes. Um, I believe the deadline's still coming up, right? Um, so yeah, let's see how the uh, thing. And I saw also shout out to uh, Isaiah Hartenstein for that sixteen rebounds the other night. That was pretty crazy. Um, you know, not very, not many people can do that. I mean, you know, it's very possible for people to do you, that. But like, you keep ta- you you keep talking. I'm listening. My computer's gonna die because I'm dumb. Hang on, thirty seconds. <laughs> okay. Um, keep recapping. Keep recapping. You got it. Thank you. But yeah, so the Knicks, um, shout out, yeah, so like I said, shout out to Hardenstein for that huge game he had. Um, but let's hope, let's see what the Knicks can do in the upcoming days. You know, I think they had a pretty tense schedule coming up, I believe. Um, well, no, they're playing the uh, Trailblazers, which, you know, you would think would be an easy win. But then, you know, you got the Mavericks. That's going to be a tough, uh, tough opponent right there so, and the Grizzlies and the Grizzlies are red hot right now. So you, yeah. you it's like another test right now because then you, like I said, you got the Mavericks who are, you know, who they're Mavericks and then the Grizzlies who are red hot and then you got the magic next Monday. So it's, it's kind of like another test. I think you have to come out and just dominate against the, um, against the Trailblazers. And I said the, uh, a big win against the 76ers last night. I was completely wrong. They played the other night on Friday, and that was a huge win. And then they got a nice win against the Wizards. So, excuse me for that. That's my mistake. Um, I'm human. But, yeah, so they got the Trailblazers tomorrow night. Just come out, dominate that game, and, you know, get rest up and get ready for the next couple. Um, the Nets are – let's talk about the Nets real quick because the Nets are terrible. <laughs> yeah, so it's so bad. The Nets are pretty terrible. So the Nets right now 
are, I'm sure you have it there, but let me be the stack guy here for a change. The <laughs> Nets are the nine seed at 16 and 29, and they are 13 games out. Boo. Yeah. yeah, they, I don't know. They got those two wins against, like, the two wins against the Pistons were, like, their last wins for a while. And then, um,. They finally got like a win against the Thunder the other night, and then lost to the Trailblazers in overtime yesterday. But that's like a that you, I'm looking at their schedule again, and like I'm really how bad that stretch was. They are I what happened? Like they were just because they like I said on the last podcast, I was like, oh, dude, you know they're doing good, they're covering their spreads and stuff, and then all of a sudden, like they just went on this terrible losing streak, and now got the two wins against the Pistons, went on the losing streak again. And then got the win, and it looks like they're still going to be shit anyway because then they lost to the – like I said, they lost to the Blazers in overtime. They got the Cavs and then the Heat and then the Blazers again. So, like, what do you, what are they going to do? Go one and three or one and two possibly? And that's even. I don't even know. I don't even think that. I think they'll go 0 and 3 in the next three games. Sorry, I'm having technical difficulties, but keep going. Yeah. Um, so, the funny thing about the uh, – hang on. Do that. Because most importantly, I can't die here. So, <laughs> yeah. Good. Thank you. I, like, so, honestly, I think... they just need to play basketball. But, you know, if if they can somehow survive this, like, little three game next three games, maybe they can turn the season around. You know, it is possible for teams to do that. Like, this, you know, it's still kind of early in the season. It's, like, mid-season right now. So, you know, they still have time to turn it around, but honestly, I really don't yes. know if they will. But, you know, like we said with the Knicks are at six in the Eastern right now at twenty one and fifteen. The Eastern is just so good right now. It's crazy. Um But now I think the Knicks just gotta not the Knicks, sorry. The Nets they need to just keep playing basketball, but honestly I don't even wanna watch them because they're just so bad. This is like a blooper reel if I've ever seen one. Hang on. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what the hell you're doing. So, so I, so I, hang on. I'm out of outlets. Hang on. Oh, I don't mind my ass. Excuse me. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I promise. Oh my God, I'm breaking everything. Oh, I'm breaking everything. Holy. Lord, what are you doing, bro? Lord have mercy. Oh, for anyone, son of a, <laughs> son please, of a if you listen to us on Spotify right now or anything, please just go to YouTube and like skip to this part because watching Brian try to figure out his computer, his light, and uh, everything else that is everything is near, it's just it's hilarious. Everything is breaking. Oh Jesus! Now the light's not all right. All right, better. I think that's got to be better. I don't even know. I'm thirsty. Hang on. It's fine, bro. Nice Stanley Cup. Yeah, it's new. It's Mets colors. Hey. So, all right. Here's all right. So we're talking Nets, right? I'm, yes. I was listening. I promise. So, what did I want to see? Okay, Phoenix. Phoenix Suns, right? So the Suns are 19 and 17 right now. They're the nine seed. I was listening to either a podcast or reading Twitter. I don't remember. But I saw this thing, right? And what do the Nets need more than anything? They need a leader. 
They need someone who gives them hope and optimism and re-energizes the fan base. And who better to do that than old friend Kevin Durant? Oh, boy. So think about this, right? The Phoenix Suns mortgage their entire future. I'm out of breath. Okay. The Suns mortgage their entire future by giving the Nets picks to receive Kevin Durant last season to make the run to the NBA Finals. It didn't work out. The Nets now are in a position where they have a ton of draft picks. They have a ton of flexibility going forward on their payroll. What better way to re-energize their fan base and to get a superstar who didn't really want to leave in the first place. Durant is a guy that likes to play. And listen, we can argue back and forth all day about whether or not some of the decisions he's made in his career are technically considered a distraction because of the way he's done it, the way he exited OKC, the whole Golden State thing. They knock out OKC, he joins them, wins, blah, 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 right? But... Durant didn't want to be a net because of the presence of Kyrie Irving, who was a distraction. Let's just admit that he was a distraction as a net. Durant was like, yo, I'm not dealing with this. I can't do this by myself. This man's man's out here. Whether or not he was getting paid, not getting paid, whatever the case was, he was getting paid a tremendous amount of money. And with that tremendous amount of money comes – tremendous amount of responsibility that you owe to not only the fan base, but the organizations that took like, took a shot on you. They built that team around that tandem and he just bailed. And like, listen, I get, you know, not, I don't want to make this political. This isn't a podcast where we're, we're trying to get into politics and people's reasonings for doing what they do. But at the same time, at what point it didn't work in Cleveland with LeBron, it didn't work in Boston he comes to New York, teams up with KD. It doesn't work here. At what point do we not blame the team and blame the player? Which I know we're not talking about Kyrie at the moment. But what I'm saying is for Durant to be able to come back to New York to a place where he clearly preferred to and liked playing, where it could be his team and his organization, and he can mentor the younger guys, and he can recruit the veteran players, I think that would put the Nets in such a better position moving forward, and they have the capital to do it. So, logically, do a trade, if it works out, obviously. But I think it could work out, and I think it could be beneficial. Okay, so then let me ask you. Here's the starting five for the Nets right now. You got Dinwiddie, Bridges, Cam Johnson, uh, Finley Smith, and Nick Claxton. So who I feel like you have if you're gonna trade back for KD, then which one of those are you gonna trade? If not both, like two or three, who would you think? Um, well, that's a good question, and I would love to answer it, <laughs> but I don't know who any of them are. <laughs> awesome. Um, well, I guess I. Can... You know, I'll tell you one thing. I would keep. Dennis Smith Jr. Because ESPN says Dennis Smith Jr. flies in for polarizing dunk. So he can dunk. Which means you get the ball to him in the paint, as the kids say. And boom! Points. Well, you can't really trade anybody from the the starting five. So you probably have... um, You probably would have to trade Bridges again. Or just somebody from your second or third bench. Um, 
Well, I'd love for them to, I mean, hey, I mean, a crazy idea would be if they could get rid of Ben Simmons. Has, has he been? No, he's still out. You're not. He's still out? Yeah, you're not going to get anything for him. That dude hasn't played this year? I don't know if he's played this year or if he. Let me pull this up. I got. See, I've decided that I'm going to go with my iPad now. Ready to go? <laughs> so that way I could follow what you're talking about on your Let's see. Yeah, well, he. Uh, I, oh, this dude. I don't think he's played that this dude this year. is. This dude is only a year older than me, and he makes thirty-seven million dollars a year to do nothing. To do nothing. Yep. I make. I could make thirty-seven million dollars doing what I do now. You. You do. You technically. You I, technically do. I, I collect dust. Him. Just sit. He sits and does nothing. Obviously, he's injured, so you know he can't do anything. So we're not assholes here, but you know him doing nothing. You're doing the exact same thing as him right now. Ooh, ooh! Did you know the Nets are playing in Paris? Yeah, they have that Paris game coming up. Nets, 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 Cavs on one eleven at two p.m. Yeah, make sure probably, everybody tunes in for that one because that's gonna be fun, and exciting in Paris. I'm, I'm probably not gonna tune in for. Well, it, it's but... your little preview to the Olympics, I guess. Oh, here, you... oh, dude, I love the Olympics. You want to talk about an NBA fan bet, fan bagging? <laughs> Oh my god. Bandwagon fan? Come see me in fucking July. You'll see a bandwagon fan. I fucking love the Olympics. Okay. Thank you for the aggressive It's like love for the Olympics. Yeah. I fucking love NBA. Well, let me rephrase that. I fucking love Olympic basketball. Fair enough. And dude, the roster the roster? How, has it been announced yet? I don't I don't know if it's been announced yet or not. I don't, but no, it's not been announced. I was watching announced yet. I was watching on a very popular social media site the other day uh, that does specializes in short clips that um, LeBron, KD, Steph, um, LeBron, KD, Steph, uh, that other guy from Golden State, I forgot his name. Steph Curry. He's really, really oh, uh, not, I didn't mean Golden State, I meant, um, Phoenix. Uh, who the hell is that guy? Let me let me get his name because I know it, and I just it's on the tip of my tongue, and I just cannot. Chris Paul. What's this boy's name? He's not. No, he's not on the Suns. <laughs> yeah, he's not there anymore. He's not on the Suns. Uh, on that one. Who, what's this guy? Devin. Oh, uh, Devin Booker. Yeah, that Devin guy. Booker. I, I was just about to say it. He's he's a beast. That guy. He is. He's so sick yeah. at basketball. Yeah, the Olympics. Uh, can you? I wonder if you could bet. Can you bet on the Olympics yet? Or? Yeah, probably. I think we were betting on uh, Olympic hockey like two years ago. No, dude, I'm gonna put so much money on USA. Who, who's gonna beat them? Probably not very many teams. Not very many, but you know there might be one. Wherever close, wherever Luca is from, because clearly he's some sort of ferocious beast. Yeah. All right, moving on. Well, yeah. So go back Let's to the some... uh, go back to the next real quick. Yeah. So I don't know if they can make that trade with Durant, but we'll see. Let's see what they do with the deadline. Probably nothing, to be honest. If anything, they'll probably clean the house. But all right. So yeah, we can move on now. Um, what would you like to talk about? I think we could move to. Why don't we save my rant for last? Do you want to go hockey? Yeah. Let's talk hockey. Or, or, okay. Go ahead. All right, so talking hockey, 
Um, the Rangers won. I mean, the Rangers lost a tough one in Florida, but then they got a nice dominating win against Tampa. Um, another little note, the uh, Hartford Wolfpack, they signed Anisimov, which was, I guess, a pretty good signing for them. Um, but then they lost to the uh, the Canes, the Hurricanes, and then and the Canadians, but then they beat the Hawks. Which so I didn't I don't understand how, like this team right now because like looking at their schedule like they were able to beat the Sabers but that was like near like we talked about that already beat the Caps lost the Panthers beat the Lightning lost the Hurricanes which I thought they would come out and like be a better game but they lost six to one which is insane beat the Blackhawks so that was a nice little like bounce back game but then you lost to the Canadians. I get it in Canada, you know, in Montreal, whatever. Um, just like you got, I feel like the Rangers are a dominating team and they're just not, I don't think they're playing like their dominant selves right now. And currently at the time of this recording, they're losing to the Canucks five to two in the second period, given it's still the second period. So they can come back. But my question is for their, like those losses against some of these teams, I'm like, what the hell? What is what is going on with the Rangers? I don't know what to. I don't really. I don't know what's going on with them. Um, I think they they need to find a game. You know, I think some of their point production has slowed down. Clearly, you know, there there's some games they some can their, just score a lot and then score one. You say some of their. You say some of their porn collection or point collection. Point collection. Oh, Jesus. I was going to say, like, bro, get your mind out of the gutter, guy. My guy, that's you, bro. Anyway. Amen. That's that's why I go to therapy. Shout out to Carrie, who probably listens to our podcast now because I talked about it the other day. So, hi. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. Okay. Um, I'll see. We'll, we'll be talking next week about this. Amazing. So happy for you. But, yeah, so go back to the Rangers. I don't know what the hell they're doing. Um, the Canucks, given the Canucks are a very good team right now, like they kind of got their shit together right now. They, you know, they look good, but you know, I think the Rangers just—I don't know what they're doing. I—they gotta show up. You know, they're a better team than this, and they're not playing to their ability that they can be playing. And you know, I was watching the game before before we started recording, um, and. Honestly, I wasn't really impressed, and then I only watched the first period. And I wasn't really that impressed with them. Um, so they they have some work to fix on. Um, but shout out to to Sterkin's been all right. So is Quick. He's been all right too. Um, honestly, the whole team's been all right. So I really don't have much to talk about with Sterkin. Yes, good job. You got that. Sterkin. Yeah. So I will say this because I. Again, like I said, I prepared for this moment. I have my iPad up and my statistical data analysis presented on my iPad. So the Rangers, Matthew, they lead the Eastern Conference in points, tied with the Bruins for first with 54. They're also a first-place team, and I still believe that they are on the path to being Stanley Cup champions. Yeah, I mean, it's only been a week, so not much has changed. Well, keep in mind, right? Every... Fuck, I dropped my iPad again. What the fuck? 
I need a better setup, bro. How do you? I don't. I don't know. I have a desk. <laughs> yeah, but I if I have a desk, then you're gonna just look out the window. I want at least the. I got the shit behind me, guy. True. Whatever. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It's fine. It's fine. Here's what I'll say about the Rangers, though. Right. I think every good team, and this happens every year, there's always one team that, you know, they, they go through their stretch. Like, they they lose a couple of games. They will, you know, they get hot. They lose a game or two. They realize, damn, we probably shouldn't have lost those games. Sorry, I had an itch. Um, my belly was itchy. Anyway, so every good team, right, they go through peaks and valleys of like, yeah, let's win 10 of 15, and then they lose, and they're like, Fuck, we shouldn't have lost those games. So, I think the Rangers, you're right, they probably let a couple of games get away from them. I think going forward, you know, they're still going to play pretty pretty above average hockey here as they get through uh, All-Star game. Which, shout out to Shesterkin. He was the Rangers representative, right, in the first round of All-Star revealing. Yes, sir. As well as Matt, as well as the... As well as Matt Barzell for the Islanders. I know we're going to talk about them in a minute. That's right up your wheelhouse. So, um, yeah, I think as long as the Rangers continue to uh, kind of bounce back off of those tough losses, especially capitalizing when they need to against the teams that are more or less pretty bad, um, that's the key to success. That's the key to any championship in any sport is understanding that, you know, sometimes the shitty teams are going to beat you and it's all about how you recover against the guys that you're actually going to play in the postseason. Yeah, you're honestly right. Um, so, yeah, the Rangers just need a little bit of work right now. Um, I'm sure they'll bounce back, though. They're a good team. They are very well coached. Um, so, yeah, they just need to, I guess, have like a tune-up game again, <laughs> even though some of these games were tune-up games. Um, but yeah, so you're talking about Barzell's, uh, being a, the all-star representative for the Islanders as well as just searching for the Rangers. So Islanders, um, you know, it's so funny. I want to talk about this now that we're transitioning to the Islanders. Um, when we talked about Sebastian Ajo, Carolina, he got his 500 point the other night. So I guess, oh really? yeah. So I guess shout out to him. Uh, that a boy, pretty well achievement. Um, our Ajo or their Ajo? Their Ajo. Oh, oh, I don't even think Arahal has like a hundred yet. So, um, we'll pick it up, motherfucker. What are you waiting for? No, uh, Sorry. no, congratulations. That's a great achievement. You're halfway to John Tavares. So John Tavares, <laughs> John Tavares. There you go. Uh, okay. So, when the Islanders played Pittsburgh last the other night. I was pissed off. <laughs> that was Wednesday, December twenty seventh. They so that was what the, I don't know what the, the hell that was. Six goals yeah. in the second. Are you yeah. kidding me? So that was the game that I was supposed to go to after we did our last podcast, but I was sick, so I gave them to the kid at work. Yeah. Who then called out of work for the entire next week because he was sick. He blamed me, which could be a possibility, Probably but was. I think I, I blame the garbage hockey that the Islanders put out on the ice. Um, there's no amount of free parking, and that's going to make me want to go and sit through that. I'm glad I wasn't there. I'm glad I gave those tickets away. Yeah, good good idea. Yeah, they Sorokin was looking lost in that game. Um, 
the defense looked absolutely lost on the fourth goal, in my opinion. That was like one thing I wanted to mark up here because I don't know what the hell they were, honestly, because I, I forgot who it was at this point since we're so far away from that game. But whoever it was, was just, they were so far out of position, honestly, because by then it was like, all right, 3 nothing. It's like it's still doable to make a comeback. Once they scored that fourth goal, that was it. That was done. But I don't know why the hell they still – kept Sorokin in after like that fourth goal I get it you were trying to keep Varlamov like healthy for like the next game but like come on you can't that's Sorokin's confidence right there you can't do that yeah yeah that's that's kind of like stepping on your own man when he's down so so what is your so like obviously in MLB you kind of get that vibe you're in say like, like put it into MLB vibes for me was that just like kind of the end of that second period, they were down six nothing, seven nothing, six or yeah, I think it was six, six nothing. So, so is that the equivalent of say being down twelve nothing at the end of the sixth inning in a baseball game? Yeah, pretty much. Like, but it's like it's like weird with baseball because hockey, it's like it's harder to come back from six nothing. Like it's only been done x amount of times. But like baseball, it all it takes is just like one pitch and you start a rally like you know we've yeah. seen like 10 nothing comebacks or 12 nothing or like even bigger comebacks than that maybe in baseball but like yeah and in reality and like not to go completely off the rails here like yeah it's pretty much the equivalent that that game is over in the fifth inning that's when they start putting the uh the uh third string catcher in yeah to uh pitch the last three innings pretty much yeah, yeah. I got you. But I got you. to move on with the the Islanders, the Islanders stellar they had a stellar game against Cavs. That's the game I went to. So the Capitals, they walked all over them in the second and third period. Um, I thought they were a little slow in the third period. I mean the first period. Um, I don't know why. They, I guess they were just like a little tired, but that's okay because then they came out and just dominated the second and third period. That was a really good game. Shout out to Pajot and Gauthier uh, for that game because they were both uh, stars of that game. Um, I thought they were looked good, and then they had the uh, the big bad Penguins yet again, and lost three to one that time. And the Penguins might be a killer in for them Pits- in Pittsburgh. Yeah, in Pittsburgh or at home? No, they were yeah. in Pittsburgh. Okay. Just bad defense and bad goaltending all around. <laughs> Just yeah. you know, the Islanders' defense is like on and off this year. Um. I just I marked down in my notes here, like the first goal was just when it was really bad, and then that's when you kind of just knew, like once they scored the second goal, that was kind of it. But yeah. it, it just as Islander fans, you kind of just know. But yeah, so they had a really bad game against the Penguins yet again. But then they went on this little uh, West Coast trip. You know, they had a really hard fought, tough game against the Avalanche. I really thought they could win that game, but unfortunately, they lost in overtime, which again cannot stop a power play in overtime for some reason you know it happens but to get a point out of that game i thought that was really really cool because then they came out flying against the coyotes in uh in arizona at that little asu rink which is still insane we don't have to go on topic with that right now but um a 5-1 win with that was you know they played amazing that game i thought um, and then they just got dominated against the Golden Knights. There were like little spurts there against the Golden Knights that like you're like, oh, all right, we'll win. But it what sucks about that game is that the Golden Knights were like struggling, like even worse than the Islanders. So I thought like they would go in and like show that they're the better team, but they didn't. They just 
completely shit the bed. Um, but it happens. You can't you can't win them all. Um, but I'm not really too impressed with them right now. You know, they went was that one one and one on that trip. Um, but now they come home against the Canucks. They got the Leafs, and then they go back on the road to the Preds. Um, yeah, so bad goaltending and bad defense. They just need to patch those up, try to fix them, get ready for tomorrow night, and just play some good hockey against a Canucks team who's going to be tired and who are currently, like I said, being the Rangers. So you just need to rest the- up and just be ready. So I feel like this has just been an overall down year for Sorokin. Do you think that he's feeling pressure from the contract extension? Or do you think that there are just a lot of different factors in how um, just off he's been just in general? Because I feel like we talk about this a lot. We're like, especially you, because you're a big Sorokin guy. You're just like, yeah, I can't believe I'm saying this, but maybe the dude needs to be benched or... You know, maybe they need to start Varlama a couple of times in a row or, or make him the primary for a sequence of games. And Well, so unfortunately you can't – well, we can't start Varley right now, obviously, because he's um he's injured. So that's why Sorokin's well. kind of taken over. But, yeah, when I said that, it should have been Varley starting a little bit more. But Sorokin, like I know I was saying bad goaltending in some of these games, but he's also been, like, good too. There's just – I mean, what I mean by bad goaltending is, is, like, Saves that he should be making, he's not making. But then saves that he's not supposed to make, he's making saves. So it's like inconsistency, I guess. But like at the same time, it's you know decent goaltending mixed with bad goaltending. So right now you're gonna start Sorokin right now. I don't. I I want Sorokin to start right now. I don't want whoever our backup is right now to start. I think you need to start Sorokin just because of what the circumstances are right now. Yeah, I just feel like they're just not – they're not like a fully functional hockey team. Like, they need to, like, come together as a group. I feel like the Rangers, all of their early season success was because they were just playing as a team. I just feel like the Islanders are just in a rut, and they're just not – they're not getting there. They're not getting the train moving. Yeah, I sense. think because, you know, it's the same thing with, like, Trotz did. Like, Lane is kind of mixing up the lines a little bit, except for, like, the top two. Um, You just, just stop messing with the lines, let the players get chemistry with each other. Like, clearly it's working with Barzell and Horvat. You know, they're finding each other on the ice. So, they need – I think the lines – you need to find the line that you like and just stay with it and not change a thing because once you find that, you know, as a hockey player, you just got to find that chemistry with your line mates and that's it and you'll be fine. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, we'll see what the Islanders could do tomorrow night and into Thursday um, and then head over to the weekend. You know, obviously we won't be able to watch that game on Saturday night. Because due to celebration things going on, I guess we can, some boring shit. Dude, there's 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 bars with TVs. What the venue? Bars with TVs. Do you really think that Casey's family isn't gonna have the fucking hockey game on? You've been, you've seen, you've you have been witness to what my life is. Do you really think that there's not gonna be Coors Lights? Not sponsored, by the way. <laughs> Coors Lights or and and hockey on, yeah, I guess so. Are you are you out of your mind, bro? You've been hitting the head too many times playing hockey. <laughs> Probably, yeah. 
Fair enough. All right. So I guess we'll we'll be able to watch that game on Saturday night. Whatever. Uh, you know, some we'll of us, some of us will be able to have fun. At I, your own I told you, I really want, dude. What? Wait, what? I said some of us will. Some of us won't be able. I said some of us will be, be able, able to have fun? have fun at your wedding. Oh, dude, I'm gonna be miserable. No, we'll see. Shut up. Just stop talking. We'll see, dude. <laughs> wait. So you know what I really wanted, but I didn't get it. What? So you know how like, so if you don't, for those of you who you may not know, Matt, you may not know how this kind of goes down, but when you meet with the DJ to go over the song list and like the playlist and what you not don't want to get played and like the overall vibe of what you're trying to get. And you know, there's a lot that goes into this, right? Because what I never knew, I thought there was just like a playlist for weddings that incorporated everything, but there's not like, it's very much detailed to the type of music that the couple like want, like what they want their vibe to be. Right. So I said, Hey, I have a great idea. Instead of at the very end, because there's always a song that like plays, which means, all right, everyone needs to get the fuck out. Like the venue wants to clean everything up and sweep and shit so that the employees can go home. So they always play like a closeout song. So I said at the end of the closeout song, it needs to be the Islander goal horn. Great. That totally got vetoed. I'm not surprised. Total veto. Why didn't you just do their How sick. win song? Because they don't win enough. Fair enough. 18 and 11 and 10 overtime losses isn't good enough for me. Take the 10 overtime you take, losses and put it if you take, if you, if you take the 10 overtime losses, do overtime losses count as part of the win-loss record or no? Uh, like, out of the 11 yeah. losses. But are they eight? Are they 18 and 11, and 11 of those are overtime losses, or is it a separate statistic? No, it's a separate t- statistic. So technically, they're 18 and 21, meaning they are a garbage hockey team right now. Yeah, well, when you put it that way. Yeah, fucking win. True. Shoot the fucking That's puck. also 10 points right there, though. I'm tired. I don't give a fuck about points when you're fucking in one, two, three. They dropped two spots. The last time we talked, they were the second in the division. Yeah, but you have other other 10 points right there that other people have. We didn't lose in overtime. We lost in regulation that we'd be in, like, last place in the Metro. They have I'll the, most, the, they have the most. They have the most overtime losses in the whole fucking conference, bro. They have the most overtime losses in hockey. Yeah. I know they suck in overtime. How do you get? How do you get there? They lose in overtime, so they're not good enough to fucking put the last puck in the net. That's facts. You're right. I want to know. Here's what I want to know. Here's a statistic. You might not know it. We might have to do research. Yeah, he did. How many of those overtime losses were they leading going into the third period, and they couldn't hold the? Puck oh, that's lead? that's that. That's what I want to know. That's a next week research type of thing because I I'm not gonna be able to look that up right now. But I it's it's bad. Though, like, more than half we, of those games. We need to hire a guy that I just say obscure shit like that, and then he just gets the answer. Where's Thomas? Thomas can do it. He's not. I don't know if he's a I've big, seen, ta- like, stat I, guy. Why? Dude. He, he's an accountant. Yeah. It's numbers. Yeah. I mean, he does. He did look like he was just a coffee run in paper. <laughs> I mean, hey. They, uh, I hope they he's all have a use. He could be. He could be our copy paper guy. Yeah, we could have a little intern. And he, 
and he doesn't even need to wear his little his little uh, sweater vest. He looks so cute. Casey was like, "Who is that guy?" I was like, "Bro, that's Thomas." She goes, "Oh shit, I didn't recognize him when he wasn't all crazy and shit." I was like, "Oh, eh, either did I for a minute there. It took me a second. Oh man. Anyway, anyway, let's go football. Let's go football. Let's 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 just save my my abusive final thoughts for last in regards to the Mets. Okay, well, um, if, you're, if you're okay with that, yeah, that's fine. Uh, Are you sure? Yeah, shut up. Uh, right. <laughs> Thank you. So, uh, most of my notes are kind of from like the Christmas game, but the Giants, you know, I, that was just that was something. The Giants game, you know, that final throw at the end, I thought was hilarious. I don't know why, but you know, they gave themselves a chance, though. They gave themselves a chance against the Eagles that that game on Christmas. Was it? Was yeah. it the Eagles? Am I tripping on that? The Eagles, yeah, that was. I'm pretty sure they pulled Devito early in that. Yeah. Game. Okay. All right. So there was. The we didn't talk. We didn't talk about this last time. I'm ninety percent sure we didn't. Really? We met right after Christmas. Did we? What the hell? I thought we. Oh, I don't know. I don't remember. Man. Whatever. Well, all right. So, if we did, blah blah blah. They lost to the Eagles and then lost to the Rams somehow. I thought they would at least beat the Rams, but then they got a nice little win against the uh, the Eagles again. To uh, yep. again to end, to, out, to the end out the year, they got a nice little win. Um, the whole I guess the whole Devito thing is done because he just did not play him. Or didn't he? I think I, not- he came back in in the last game, like just a little bit. But you know, I think when I turned the game on though. He he was not in, and I think it was Tyrod that was in. So that whole yep. uh, thing is over. But yep, Giants season's over. Um, but the Giants defensive coordinator resigned today. Um, that's pretty crazy news because their defense was kind of ass this year. If you want if you want to say people uh, be blunt about it, you know, not surprised. But um, so we'll see. Now they're Good on job. the uh, the DC search for for that. Um, yeah, I I think the Giants and I saw again I saw I saw a tweet and I really need to start screenshotting them so I know who they're from. So if somebody knows who it's from, comment uh, and let me know where I saw it. But I saw a tweet that said the Giants are the only team in the NFL that could have been ten and seven or one and sixteen. Like they had the potential to be really really terrible or actually pretty decent if they just strung it together. Um, I think the DeVito thing was a nice story there. I think they needed that little mid-season, mid-to-end-season pick-me-up. Um, they were pretty close there for a while, almost sneaking into the postseason. But um, I think going into next year, they really have a lot of questions, especially as, like, besides, of course, who your defensive coordinator is going to be, they really need to know who their quarterback is going to be. I think there's there's a lot of uncertainty there. Obviously, they've got um, three guys with, three guys with three different personalities. So, um, and three different vibes and the public perception of all three of them is a little bit different. So, um, it's really just about who they kind of go with and, and what moves they decide to make there. Uh, but I think that's where the giants have to start. Uh, they have to figure out who's going to be running that offense on the field and, and kind of branch out from there to, to fill the other needs. Yeah, no, you're hundred percent right. Um, well, I guess we could talk more about there what they need to do once the offseason 
kind of gets closer. So like after the Super Bowl and what they do and who they sign, who they trade for. So we can go more into depth with that when that happens. But for now, Giants season is over. Um, DC search is on. We'll see where they go with this um, and who their starting QB is. I believe they came out and said Daniel Jones is probably going to be a starter next year, which is good. Um, I like DJ. So we'll see how he does. Maybe he'll actually become this whole Eli persona, but he won't. Um, all right. So the Jets the Jets uh, had a rough go of it against the Browns. Honestly, to be as a Jets fan here, I did not really think they were going to come out and win against that team because they were trying to clinch a playoff spot, which they did. So shout out to the Browns for that. Um had Joe Flacco saving Oh, season. Joe Flacco. He's playing you... insane right now. And of course he is. Like I said Dude, before, makes, New York, it, New York uh, players. And he wasn't even – he was a New York It player. makes you think he was available too. The Jets easily could have made that acquisition. but Yeah, he was. But, you know, they passed. In favor of Zach Wilson. Look where he's doing now. He's going to the playoffs and chance for the Super Bowl. Good so. for him. I hope he – Kind of hope, kind of hope he takes it all. Yeah, like I, I like, I have no nothing against just, the Browns, so like you know, we'll see. Yeah, they're just. Yeah, I mean the Browns for for the majority of my life, the Browns have been their color, like turd. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Terrible, okay. bro. The Browns, the Browns went one one or two years in a row, like had one win a year or like one win in three years, like they were terrible, and then. They draft Johnny Manziel and they draft Baker Mayfield and those kind of Manziel was that wasn't even a that was a dumpster. Yeah, fire. I still gotta watch that like, untold on Netflix. Mayfield was just like well, good for Mayfield. He got the Bucks to the playoffs. Yeah, he's lighting up in Tampa Bay. He just needed. He's one of those dudes that just needed a change of scenery, and good for him. I'm happy for him. But like, man, the Browns they just good for them. I really hope that they they win, and then you know they'll probably go back to being just shit. Yeah, so that was a stat night for almost everyone, um, and like we said, Joe Flacco went off. But big news before uh, the last week of the season: the Jets and Dalvin Cook parted ways, and honestly, yeah. I've never been happier. I'm just kidding. That was a, it. Was a, it was a good part way? Though. Oh, I yeah I I honestly think that they how do i word this knowing what i know now about football because keep in mind guys i did not know very much about the nfl before this season this is the first season i've really been making a conscientious effort to get into it i think the jets signed dalvin cook as a insurance policy that Brees hall was not going to be either healthy or any good. And the fact that Brees Hall, I think, has the potential to be top five in the game in his position, um, it really just – it shows a lot of trust in the kid to let the really good veteran walk on a waiver wire towards the end of the year. Yeah, no. And I think going into next year. Yeah, you know? you're right. Like, I think the uh, the Dalvin Cook experiment was definitely for, like, to have, like, that RB2 or even the RB1 in the, in the locker room, but – Clearly, it just did not work out. He was not very good. I was really excited for him to come to New York and play on the Jets because I loved him as a running back in Minnesota, but he just could not get it going. I don't know if it was the play calling for him or if it was just him, but he just could not get it going. So 
good part ways. You know, I he just signed to the Ravens practice squad without because he didn't clear waivers. So now he just played on the Jets, and now he has a chance at a Super Bowl because the Ravens look really good. And who knows, they might be the actual mm-hmm. winner. So we don't have to do too much on that. But other news, and it's just this is kind of funny. We were talking about this earlier, but Wilson might is looking to be traded this uh this off season and it's funny since i because the whole thing with me is like when i get a jersey the, the player gets either signs away or gets traded and now that i have my zach wilson jersey he all of a sudden is now going to be traded though at least they're gonna well, look to be traded so it's not confirmed yet but we'll see but they the jets did report out that they are gonna look to trade them which and honestly what i want to say about this before your thoughts can the jets please do not draft a QB unless it's like another two us situation where he's just drafted in the late rounds and he turns out to be good because I am tired of the Jets drafting Q- QBs so high and it, nothing happens. Yeah, so my boss said that with the 10th overall pick, the Jets will be taking a defensive end or a de- defensive tackle. Same thing, different different thing. Relatively the same. Six and one. Have those in any other? Yeah, um, yeah. So I think if you so, all right. So I was listening to Rogers the other day, and Rogers was saying that initially he thought this was going to be a one-year situation. So I think for the Jets, they kept Zach Wilson in the offseason even after acquiring Aaron Rodgers because they knew going into next year it would be Zach Wilson's team again, no matter what happens with Aaron Rodgers. But even Rogers was saying, well, placeholder for a minute. What better person at, on a one-year sort of um, like uh, – what's the word I want to use? Hmm. I don't know. Sabbatical, if you will, from starting. What better person to learn from than Aaron Rodgers? Like on a one-year deal, even if it cost the Jets two or three draft picks, it was worth the investment in Zach Wilson to have Rodgers there mentoring him. Now – you're kind of in a weird position because now, like, Rodgers is like, hey, I'm having a lot of fun, actually. I didn't think I'd like it this much. So I want to play for two or three more years or however many more years. So it's kind of an interesting dynamic change for him. Um, And there's just no more room for Zach Wilson. You can't just hold on to the kid until Rodgers decides he's done. Yeah, I think Rodgers has – I think Rodgers – sorry to interrupt you, but I think Rodgers has a little bit more years than just one year in him. I think it came out today that he wants to play through like past 2024 as well. So, yeah, we'll see what happens with Rodgers, though. Um, I don't know how to feel about the Wilson thing. I thought maybe they give him one more year before deciding, but maybe we'll see how the draft goes. Well, I guess we'll have like a little draft preview before the draft comes up um, for both New York teams. Um, but for now, like I said, don't draft a QB. <laughs> But yeah, let me. See. I think I had one more thing. And oh yeah, maybe the Jets will just trade for Zach Wilson. Maybe, but the Jets finally beat the Patriots. Thank God. I was so I was really happy. They, so happy they for all the intensive. For all intensive purposes, especially with how this year's gone for the Jets, they destroyed them. Yeah, seventeen to three is like that's that's a that's a domination game for the Jets right there. Yeah, I mean it was pretty dominated by the Jets, but also at the same time it was really snowy, so both teams kind of just sucked, and I think they were just both done with their seasons. 
and didn't really care anymore. But for the Jets, it's a good uh, good moral victory to beat the Patriots finally after like what yeah. fifteen years. So, Too long. and uh, you know, I know we're you know we're Jets and Giant fans here, um, and we don't like the guy, but you know, you have to just give him a little respect. So. Congrats to Bill Belichick and a great career if he's done with his career or good luck on your next team because, you know, he's a he's a star-studded coach that everybody knows, you know, what he did with Brady and the whole that whole Patriots team through those years. So as, you know, I hate you, but I love you or I respect you. It's one of those three. So good for him wherever he goes um, or congrats. Where do you where do you think he goes? I don't know, honestly. It I it, I think he might return back to the Pats just because I just got an alert that um Kraft and him just they just met on today, I believe it said. So we'll see. Maybe it's either I guess it'll come out maybe after the Super Bowl probably that where he's gonna go because I don't think teams are gonna look. It's just just fire him already if you're gonna do it. Jesus True. Christ. Yeah, I agree with that. And then you also have uh. Harburg, who wants to come back, you know, from Michigan. So he might want to come back into the league. So, you know, there's going to be a lot of uh, coach movement today, uh, today, coach movement this offseason. Um, you know, we saw the Falcons coach get fired today, and Ron Rivera was also fired. So that's the uh, Falcons yep. and Washington commanders. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, all right. So we can move on. Um I guess we can move on to baseball. So you want to give an update to who the Mets and Yankees signed? Actually, I want to give one little update before you do that. Um, the Blue Jays signed IKF from, you know, he was on the Yankees. He was pretty well-known, pretty good guy. Uh, I've been ha- Cold glove shorts. Yeah, so I've been hanging on to that note a little bit, and I just want to get your really quick, really quick thought on what you think of that. Do you think that's a right move for the Yankees to let him go? Right move for the Blue Jays? Um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think the Yankees, uh, it's kind of funny actually, because I remember, I remember when the Yankees traded for IKF, they, they kind of got fleeced into that deal, honestly, like the way, the way everything kind of worked, worked itself out. Um, you know, the, the twins wanted to dump Donaldson, the Yankees were like, Oh, we'll take them all. So not only did they, they give up. I know they gave up Gary Sanchez and a couple of pieces here and there, but they, they spent a lot of money to get IKF, and for him to be done after two years is kind of like, eh, like that's just the Yankees' analytical department failing again, in my perspective. Um, I know IKF, he, he, the dude didn't hit very well at all, mm-hmm. but gold glove season at shortstop, didn't really have a spot for him last year. Uh, it's probably a good move to let him walk, especially with what they, the Yankees needed. They needed to get a little bit more left-handed. Um, yeah, so why don't we uh, transition so, into who the Yankees have signed in the last week? I don't even know who the Yankees <laughs> have signed in the last week, honestly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they've been kind of quiet, I believe. Yeah. So, so not too the, much like the, making news, I guess. I'm assuming they maybe... – Yeah, so the last – the last time I checked, the Yankees um, were one of the only teams that hadn't made a free agent um, like signing yet. Um, I just think the Yankees. Well, they definitely they signed uh, Kevin Smith to their roster. Um, um, Kevin Smith. So okay. he's there, the former A's third baseman. 
Um, At that point, just put me on the roster. <laughs> yeah, might as well. So that's one signing they made, and I, I'm looking at this now, and it seems like the uh, Strowman is linked to the Yankees, which I really doubt he wants to play in New York again, regardless if that's Mets or the Yankees. So, so Strowman, right? Like he, I don't like Marcus Strowman. I don't. Yeah, I don't think anybody does uh, anymore. And I just, I, I feel like Marcus Strowman thinks. Marcus Stroman is Roger Clemens or Pedro Martinez or Jacob deGrom or uh, Garrett Cole. He is a very, very, very solid, if not a very, very above average pitcher. He is not an ace. I think the problem with Marcus Stroman that he, he's a little bit too, too big for his own good. If that makes sense. He's a, he's a little bit, um, self-centered I think um, and so I remember um, you remember when the Mets traded for him he was in the Blue Jays clubhouse this is reportedly uh, we don't know obviously we weren't there I don't even know if you know this because I'm just a freak um, but he's in the Blue Jays clubhouse they come in hey you've been traded to New York or whatever he's like oh great I'm going to the Yankees and he was like no you're going to the Mets and the dude just freaked out he started throwing chairs breaking stuff, allegedly, whatever the story was, cursing, screaming, yelling, he's pissed. Goes to the Mets, pitches the rest of, what was that, 20, I guess, 19, sits out 2020. 2021, he's on the Mets, and then he's talking shit about how the Yankees spend all this money, they never get anywhere, he doesn't understand why they're not better than what they are. And then, you know, I need to be there because I'm going to be great over the next five to seven years, blah, 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 right? This offseason comes around, and his agents are calling the Yankees like, hey, um, Stroman really wants to pitch for you guys. Why would Cashman want that? Why would you want to add that to your clubhouse? I don't know. It's Yeah, I don't think they even want to even think about that, but they also they need pitching. Even, so the, They wouldn't even entertain the dude's phone call. And honestly, I think that's a great idea because if you look at how Marcus Stroman would pitch in that stadium, I think the dude would get lit up. Oh, yeah. The Yankees fans would tear him apart if he threw a curveball over the, you know, wherever. Well, yeah, not only that, but I think physically, like, he would just get lit up. Like, I I don't think he would keep the ball in the ballpark. Yeah, that too. I don't don't think he's... He's not a ground ball pitcher, or, or at least he's not. No, he gives up. He gives up those big bombs. You're right, and especially with that short right field, you know, he'd love to give up pitches like that were just either bombs or just still in play. So, the if the yeah. Yankees are linked to yep. him, just get unlinked with him. Like you don't, you don't need him on your team. Yeah, just you don't need that just, cancer just, in your just, locker room. Yeah, yeah, don't, don't. Don't do that. Yeah. Um, I'm looking here. CBS Sports, Yankees free agent tracker. Yankees have not signed a major league free agent this offseason. Only minor league deals. Yeah, I'm looking at um, that too. They got they didn't really do much since the uh the Verdugo um trade. It's just uh, mainly well, I mean, I'm just looking at transactions. Bro, Soto was after Verdugo. Yeah, I guess officially. Um so with that, though, the Mets signed two people, right? You want to give that update real quick? They signed two people mm-hmm. one yesterday. 
Sorry. <laughs> Hang on. Well, I guess I can give the update a little bit too. Uh, Harrison Bader from center for center field, and um, the pitcher Maneo. Yes. Maneo. Am I saying that right? Yes. Did we did we talk about this Tyrod? Um... All right. Um, did we talk about this um, Adrian Hauser, Tyrone Taylor trade? Yeah. Because I was, I was reading that and I was like, well, yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah, I mean, that is. Um, yeah, I, I mean, this is just. I, I feel like this is David Stearns doing what he needed to do this season was, was to build depth. I mean, that's a great trade. Um, it adds a starting pitcher, um, or at least a guy who could be potentially a starting pitcher into your um, your mix. Taylor is going to be uh, a fourth or even a fifth outfielder. I know I'm not going to get too deep into it, but when you look at some of these other moves, like Diego Castillo, um, not really a big name, an under-the-radar pickup, something that the Mets have not been um, – what's, I guess – the Mets have not had the ability to make a Diego Castillo kind of pickup, I think – where it's a guy that nobody really knows, nobody's really sure of, of who he is or what he brings to the team, but he's an under-the-radar guy. He's probably going to be a 27th guy on a roster, back and forth between AAA. Um, so I think that it really provides the mess with a little bit of depth. Um, on the other hand, you know, if you want to break down the Bader signing, Bader is friends with Alonzo. They played together at Florida State. Um, Bader's Florida. speed. Just Florida, uh, not Florida State. Was oh, he was a Gator, yes. right? Gator, yeah. Gator. All right, I apologize. That's where Tebow went, right? Tebow, yeah, Tebow? yeah. The uh, the quarterback turned right fielder turned tight end. Yeah. Hey, what's up, Matt? I got you a surprise, but we'll we'll go over it after we stop recording here in a minute. Okay. Um, so Bader. Um, speed, defense, um, 77 career steals, 19 caught stealing. So he's got a rather impressive uh, success rate swiping bags. But Sean Manea, I mean, this is a rotational piece that was brought in just to eat innings. I, I mean, I don't – everyone's shitting on the Mets offseason. I don't see why it's so bad. No, it's not bad like at all yet. Yet. <laughs> like they – like if you take Minea, his total contract, so was it twenty eight million over two with an opt out? Yeah. Something like that. So okay. All right. So take the twenty eight million, add it to Bader, ten million, add it to uh uh who's that dude? Severino, that's another ten million. That's forty eight million dollars on three guys who went healthy are quality players instead of paying Scherzer forty three million dollars for the full year. Yeah. Do you know so when the Rangers traded for Scherzer, right? I was talking to Brian about that trade. And I was like, yeah, so the dude signed a seven-year deal with the Nationals that had half of the contract deferred. So instead of being um, $30 million a year for – or um, $28 million a year for well, – however it broke – ah, oh, fuck. It was $14 million a year for 15 – no, fuck me. 15 million a year for 14 years instead of 30 million a year for seven, right? Mm-hmm. So then 
Scherzer signs with the Mets, so it's $43 million a year. It blew this guy's mind. Brian was like, wait a second. So he's getting paid by two teams, $58 million, and he's not even pitching for any of them because he's pitching in Texas. I was like, yes, pretty much. Baseball. So, like, yeah, literally. So I just think that, like, the Mets are using – they're allocating resources to more effectively fill holes on the roster that would have otherwise not been filled. Like, I would rather these three dudes at mid-potential than Scherz are going 11-11 with a four-year RA. Yeah. For $43 million. Yeah, I agree. It's the same amount of money. Yeah. Honestly, any signing would just be uh, – uh, like, I like both signings so far. I think, you know, we'll see what happens. You know, I think he's going to continue signing these death players. Um, So, good job by David Stearns. I like both signings so far. Um, but we'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, that's really just, you know, we don't, I think last time we went a lot about MLB, but we don't, since it's off season, we don't really have to go too much into it. But, um, I think that really kind of wraps up everything we wanted to talk about. Um, I think I had a little bit side points. Um, I think I said the Pistons finally broke their streak. I don't know if I mentioned that. Yeah. I, I, I won money on that. I put like twenty bucks on. No, I put twenty bucks in my DraftKings account, and I was betting a dollar a game. Yeah, no, that was smart. I think we said we were gonna do that, and uh, of course, like, the next game, they like the next two games that they had left, they they finally won. So yeah, won a little money on that too. Yeah, let me let me let me pass that stat along. So the Detroit Pistons lost 28, 28 or twenty five. Twenty. How many games in a row? Twenty eight, I think. Twenty eight games in a row. They just didn't fucking win. Since October. Yeah, it's, it's horrendous. They haven't won since October. Yeah, it was 28. It's terrible. <laughs> it's absolutely terrible. So they're pretty fucking terrible. Yeah. And then, uh, I'm gonna, I am hate to do this, but uh, because I went to the game yeah. on Saturday, St. John's beat Hofstra, which I'm still kind of mad, but they yeah, covered the spread. Hofstra beat the, covered the spread. So that's all that matters to me. This is Matt's time to shine. That's all I got. But uh, all right, yeah. You so. I think uh, I think we're good with the. With this do we can grab? Do we shut sh- shut the fuck up? <laughs> do we congratulate the Bills because they are uh, or no? Yeah, I guess so. AFC champs, congratulations, Bills. I mean, there's your Bills talk. All right, so I think this is a great place to cut us off right now. Um, talked about a lot, and that's your mostly your updates. So, Brian, I think you have to. Uh, do what you did last week on that podcast and cut us off right there. So make sure to follow us on all our socials. Listen to us on Spotify, uh, Apple, listen, watch us on YouTube, all that stuff. Um, shout out to Michigan and Washington real quick for the college football playoffs. Um, they're currently playing right now and Michigan's winning. So shout out to both of those teams for making it. And uh, all right, Brian, why don't you sign us off? The words of Billy Madison, Nib High Football Rules.